All right, we have uh, producer and director of Inwood Drive, Mark Archer. He has won a whole bunch of awards, and I don't know if that's going to end now because because he found himself kind of in this um, uh, the, the the middle of this story about one of the worst uh, abortionists in uh, American history, Dr. Ul- Ulrich Klopfer. Um, he is also joined by his wife. She is not on yet, but she, she's going to be joining in a minute. Amber, she is also a producer of this. Uh, welcome to the program, Mark. Thank you, Glenn. It's good to be here. Thank you. Well, so why did you start this particular uh, documentary? <laughs> well, it wasn't to get rich and famous, I'll tell you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, we uh, we were just fascinated by the story of <clears throat> of how grassroots efforts in northeast indiana led to the shutdown of an abortionist we're always told that it's a federal issue it's a supreme court issue there's nothing that you can do about it and you know i'm i'm drawn to story <clears throat> and i looked at it and i said you know this is fascinating that this happened and i want to know how it happened because i think if other communities could hear this story of how this happened, that they would be encouraged. Powered. So um, I don't know how you've won all these awards if this is your <laughs> POV, but God bless you, Mark. Um, so um, so you started out. Now, did you know that uh, – because I'm, I'm really unfamiliar with his history uh, and how they shut it down. Was, was it – uh, obvious to you, this is a really spooky guy that might be keeping remains in his backyard. Well, it wasn't obvious until we went in to actually interview him. Uh, we we knew when we started down this path to do the film. In the back of my mind, I thought I'm going to have to at least try to talk to him. And I'll be honest, I didn't really want to. But you know, when you're trying to be truthful to a story. It means that you have to let people at least have the opportunity. And so it was actually um, one of the more cordial conversations that we've had. And I just called them up on the phone. And I told them who we were and what we were doing and that we wanted to talk to him. So he invited us to come to his clinic. Now, his clinic had been closed for five years, but he still came to his clinic every Wednesday, spent the night in the clinic, what? and then got up the next morning and left and drove to his South Bend clinic and spent the night there. So he was still making his rounds. He hadn't been, he'd been out of business for five years. So why was he going uh, to his clinic? What was that, his excuse that, for that? Uh, you know, when I asked him, um, I said, you know, most people that are retired go and play golf. And yeah. And he said, uh, well, it's just, you know, I got to check on the property. And that was all the, all the more reasoning that we got. It was obvious as soon as we walked in that he was a hoarder. I mean, you had to kind of, you know, make a pass <laughs> just to get anywhere. It and was, this was it in was his house, not the clinic. This was his house. No, this was in his clinic. In, in his Fort clinic. Wayne. Yeah. Okay, so in the interview, um, 
are you you say it's one of the more cordial but are you creeped out by him other than he's a hoarder what else do you see uh well you know george he wanted us to to call him george instead of ulrich um he was all over the place his his science was skewed his his reasoning was skewed um he you know he referred to uh adolf hitler as uncle adolf i mean it was it was just weirdness all over the place okay so wait a minute wait a minute can you give me does he have a heavy german accent when he's speaking to you he oh, give very me a, heavy very heavy how old very was heavy. he how old was he when he moved from germany you know, I think he was about, he was 11. He was 11. And yeah. he grew up during the war. Yeah, so he started telling us about um, being in Dresden as a young boy when this, uh, when the Allied firebombings. Now, did you, did you bring this, how did Uncle Adolf come to play here? Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Adolf came up when we, uh, when actually Amber asked him if he had, um, if he had asked for forgiveness for the sin of killing uh, children. Okay, do we have Amber and... on the phone yet? Let's put, yeah, let let me let me join in uh, Amber here. Oh. Can we jo- can we join the two of them? Yeah, all right, good. Amber, hi. So, hi there. So you went you went full Nazi on him. <laughs> oh, I, you know I did. Yeah, you yeah. know I think. For for me, when we went in there, I knew I would probably never get another opportunity to talk to this man, mm-hmm. and I just was there to extend grace and the love of Christ. You know, this is who we are; it's what we do. And he 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 um, he didn't like that I challenged him, and I just I just asked him, "Have you asked for forgiveness for for killing children?" And he said, "No, I've done nothing wrong." And I told him that there's there's forgiveness. Even even now for you, George, there's forgiveness for what you've done. And he said, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to see Uncle Adolf and Mussolini and Stalin. <laughs> so. Wow. He may be surprised. Um, the elevator may go <laughs> a different direction if he's expecting to see those guys. Uh, so yeah, I think so. When he said Uncle Adolf, <laughs> is this the first time the Nazis kind of came into things? <laughs> I, I think you know he because he 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 told us a lot of his upbringing and but that that was, that was the first time that we heard the the Nazis. Okay, <laughs> and when you say that his science mark was a bit screwed up, um, is it is it a kind of a Nazi eugenics kind of thing? What what do you mean mm-hmm. his science was screwed up? So he had a a real problem. Um, with his shifting definition of when life starts and he would he would compare it to well if you if you have a a fetus in a test tube and it's you know at this gestational age and you and you take it out of the test tube it won't survive and then he would he would kind of swing around and um, talk about um, that that the baby inside the womb when you do a sonogram and you hear the the baby's heartbeat, he uh, he said, "Well, that's not the baby's heartbeat; that's the mother's heartbeat." And I just, <laughs> I, I okay. looked at him. I said, "Now, now, George, I have three daughters. <laughs> I know I'm not a doctor, but I've seen 
I've, I've heard three of these, you know, I've gone through this three times. That is, that is not mom's heartbeat. That's a little heart going. Yeah, maybe, maybe mom sitting on a bunny rabbit would be a little more believable, but not mom's heartbeat. No, okay. it was it, it was just uh, it and it was things like that. And I looked at him. I said, "George, are you, I, I'm going to challenge you on that." And he just looked incredulous and said, "You can't challenge me on that." And I that's when you know you're just you're not dealing with a sane mindset on okay. the other side. So, um, Amber, let me go back to mm-hmm. Uncle Adolf. As he says sure. that, does he then? Is this when he reveals his motivations? Um, no, I don't know. He doesn't really reveal his motivations. He's just always angry. He, he's, he's really mad at talking about what, what we did, the Americans did in, in the bombings of Dresden. And, um, it was, you know, you could, you could read into it and know where he was going, but he never was, was forthcoming and outright said, you know, I'm here to, to, seek revenge on all the Americans. So then how did you, how do you draw that conclusion? Well, from what everyone, uh, I mean, we've, we talked to a lot of the, um, the, the pro-life people and the sidewalk counselors, and there have been many stories through the years. And as Mark pointed out, you know, we weren't sure that they were true. So it was just going in and, and talking to him. But, you know, now knowing what we know about George, since his passing, um, well, you could start to put things together. So, I mean, so well, like, what were the stories that you were, you weren't sure that were true? Mark, I'll pass it off to Mark. He dealt with most of the people. Honest, honestly, the the entire Dresden story, um, I I had heard it in, in many forms through the years leading up to it, leading up to interviewing George, but I didn't believe all of it. I, <clears throat> I so and, people and, you know, had said. People had said this, that he had said it, or they concluded that he was trying to pay back America by killing our babies because they killed, uh, because Americans dropped the bombs and killed so many German babies. What I had been told from various sources that had dealt with him directly was he told me this, and he told me this, and I, and, and so. Uh, you know, I, I, I had multiple accounts of this, but I went in and I thought, okay, I, I, I'm going to have an open mind and, you know, maybe I'll, we'll get to that mm-hmm. and I'll ask him about it. But I didn't go in and say, so are you a Nazi? It was, uh, you know, he, we were only a couple minutes into our conversation and he just started talking about Dresden. And just this whole thing of, you know, all these awful things that he saw, uh, how many people were killed, and and it wasn't just Dresden. Then it was it was surviving through um, when the Soviets invaded. Mm. They and and they they watched that all happen. So really, his childhood, his early childhood, up until you know, almost a teenager. Okay. was dealing with that. Okay, so hang on. i got to take a one-minute break, and then I want to come back, and uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit about you know what's happened since and, and where you are in this film. In one minute, Mark and Amber Archer, producers of Inwood Drive. 
So you guys find out he dies and his family goes into the garage and they find out that he has hoarded dead babies and they're all in his garage. Mm-hmm. How surprised were you to hear that? I, th- I think the, the the term that we used was shocked but not surprised. I mean, it, we 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 knew that he was a hoarder, so the the shock. Yeah, of but a lot of people are hoarders. They don't necessarily hoard dead babies. <laughs> you know, that's a different level. Yeah, so so that was the shock, but the not surprised because I mean he's. We we figured in his career, he, he told us his first abortion was in Chicago in 1974, and we figured his career total probably 50,000 abortions. So, you know, that's you just know the, the depravity that you're dealing with. So, Wow. Um, uh, and now, so you have finished the film, but you've gone back in to re-edit with, you know, some new light on this. When are you, when are you planning on releasing, and how's that going? What what's happening with it? You know, it, it, it's it's uh, it's an interesting story. We had the film done. We had a private screening for our supporters because this was all financed by us and donors to our nonprofit. Mm. We showed the film one night, and then about a week later, we found out Georgia died. And we paused and we went, well, maybe we should include this in the story. And then 10 days after that, the news broke about the dead babies. So we have been um, just kind of waiting and watching like everyone else because, you know, we thought, okay, now they've kind of, uh, they've started dealing with getting the babies back to Indiana and talking Mm -hmm. about how to, proceed with, uh, you know, a burial service, things like that. We wanted to include that. And then another another round of dead babies found in the trunk of one of his cars. Oh, my gosh. So it's it's just been, uh, for us, the, the answer is, well, it'll be, it'll be out next year. <laughs> yeah. But we're kind of in this hold where we're going, well, we 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 keep thinking the story is over has concluded itself and then and then they find something else so we're we're kind of like everybody else just going how how much how much worse can it get it's amazing i've been to fort wayne i love fort wayne i love fort wayne and to have this horror show uh in you know fort in and around fort wayne is just bizarre um because mm-hmm. it's a nice little town and you wouldn't think that a a german it sounds like a german nazi uh, is hoarding babies in his uh, garage would happen uh, anywhere, but let alone you know a place like a place like you know Indiana. Uh, thank you guys so much. Please let us know when you're ready to release it, and uh, I, mm-hmm. I'd love to see the film and and uh, and we support you in your work. Thank you so much, Mark Archer, Amber thank Archer. You. Uh, the Great. name of the Thanks movie. You, you're welcome. Name of the movie is Inwood Drive. Inwood Drive, we will let you know when it finally is released. Back in a minute. Welcome to the program. Uh, Tonight, 5 o'clock, you're going to get some actual news that no one else is reporting on. How'd you like that? How How would you like to hear something that is actual and truth and something you haven't heard a billion times? That's not possible. 
Why I only he... want my news fake. <laughs> right, really? Mm-hmm. Well, you got plenty of choices for that. Mm. Tonight at 5 o'clock, you have a choice on Blaze TV to hear from uh, a Ukrainian that was in the Ukrainian embassy. He was, oh my gosh, he's a whistleblower. Huh. He was the f- one of the first whistleblowers uh, of the DNC corruption. Uh, He was working at the Ukrainian embassy in Washington, D.C. He's a Ukrainian citizen, and uh, he is a a career diplomat, you know, been, uh, you know, been doing this for forever. He's not low on the totem pole. He's the guy that was asked to set up the the big meeting between all of the investigators and this crazy national uh, what was it national uh anti-corruption board or bureau bureau yeah and uh he was he was asked to set up a big conference between the anti-corruption bureau in Ukraine certain prosecutors in Ukraine and the Obama administration so they all came from Ukraine and met in Washington he set it up he was there uh, and he's one of the people that said, I don't think this was about anti-corruption. This was about Paul Manafort, Donald Trump uh, and uh, and the DNC because they went home and they were all under the impression that that's what they were tasked to do by the United States government. And he, for one of them, had a real problem with that. Um, two people that didn't have a problem with that meeting. Hmm you know, went to court and uh, were convicted of interfering in the United States election, trying to get Hillary Clinton elected. But don't worry about that. So he was one of the first people, and he has direct knowledge of what uh, Chalupa, a Democratic National Committee member, uh, was doing in the Ukrainian embassy. She says nothing. I'm just a soccer mom. But she was paid $71,000 for, I guess, taking her kids to soccer and once in a while showing up at the Ukrainian embassy trying to get the dirt on different people. He saw it all. He was a witness. And we're going to talk to him. Uh, I think that he has not, I'm pretty sure he has not spoken to any major outlet yet. Nobody's calling him. Nobody's. We thought, you know, we're interested. We'd like to hear it. We'd like to hear your story. What the heck? You know, let's hear a different point of view. Maybe corruption was going on. So he's going to be joining us uh, tonight at five o'clock. He had to he was supposed to be in studio yesterday, but he had to fly to Vienna. So he's going to be live via satellite for Vienna. We're going to do about 25 minutes with him today. And then we're going to tape a podcast that will be released on Saturday. So we'll get even more from him on Saturday, but I wanted you to see him and hear him first thing uh, as we interview him live today at 5 p.m. Eastern on and Blaze. I've had a couple of people ask me, and uh, it's a fairly common question online as well, is why are we getting all of these things that no one else seems to be getting? Why yeah, is that's that That's a question we're asking. Which I don't think is a good... Like, I like to take credit for it or be excited about it, but really it shouldn't be happening this way. No. Um, in which I kind of wish big mainstream media corporations were doing this sort of work. Yeah. But one of the reasons is because so many people have subscribed to the blaze recently. And Glenn is very good at spending your money the second it comes in. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but on good things, on good things, but on, good, on things. good things. And I know we have another special because you have subscribed. 
we have another special that is happening next week. And this one goes right at the media. We are going to show you the verifiable facts, how they spin those facts. And and we have the documents when they say, oh, no, this is not happening. This is not. They reverse themselves. Really? Because yesterday, just on one, we took about three hours to find out exactly where where did they reverse themselves? Because we haven't seen that. Oh, we found it. We tracked it down. Your head will explode. And when you see the dishonesty of the media and how they're spinning things, because I want the truth. I heard this fact yesterday, uh, like six o'clock in the morning. And I honestly, I thought, geez, if this is true, our whole chalkboard falls apart because one of the major sources that we have on this on several of these fronts if he has said oh you know what i i was wrong i didn't say that i said that for political whatever then it's wrong and i came in and i said i gotta know where did he say this and we were doing we looked into it because we don't want to be wrong uh wow that's not what we found that yeah. is not what we found. And we're going to go through all of that as far yes. as what the mainstream media is saying about these stories and how they're getting it wrong. Um, but, I mean, it goes beyond, you know, this is not just Google search stuff. We're talking about Ukrainian sources and, you know, th- people who are who are on the ground, people who are um, uh, involved in these stories, as you're going to see uh, tonight. Um, the point of this being, uh, thank you for subscribing. And if you want more of this, please continue. Um, yep. It's blazetv.com. The promo code is Glenn if you want to save a few bucks. And we appreciate that. I am really. And I saw your note yesterday. Thank you for that kind note yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, the two, kind note. Me? To the, From yeah, me? Yeah, not to me. So, someone has uh, like, uh, taken my email address over. You were like, Glenn is very, very, very adamant that he wants to hire an investigative (laughs) reporter. Mm. Please help me. Please hire this person Mm. so I don't have to deal with Glenn anymore. That was as polite as I could have possibly uh, put it. I know. Um, I was in this guy's office all day yesterday. I went up like three times. Have you made the call yet? <laughs> Have you made the call yet? Have you made the call? No, I haven't made the call Leave yet. Got to make the call. <laughs> if you want us to investigate, no, yeah. we have to have investigative reporters. Mm-hmm. So I'm already spent. I've spent the future money. That's that usually is, that's that is your that is it's not your government philosophy, but it is your personal philosophy. Just <laughs> <laughs> weird. It is. You don't. Luckily, you actually do run your household like the government does. <laughs> we want the opposite to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it, it is. It's amazing to see this happen, and you keep seeing this stuff pop up where they're doing these reports and trying to summarize these stories for people who are just jumping on to uh, this all these developments, and they have to keep citing the Blaze and Glenn Beck, which is not something that they they want to do. Um, but who cares where it's coming from as long as it's right. Uh, and the fact that they continue to have to keep coming back to us to tell people the, the new developments in this story is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, if, if, you know, it's important and, you know, the media is only covering one side of this. They're all over, you know, every development that happens with Giuliani or whatever happens with these guys that got arrested at the airport and, and every, and every little bit of that. And, and I think you're on the same page with me is that I, I want all that stuff to. I want to know what happened. Look, if Rudy um, Giuliani is if Rudy Giuliani is dirty, he should go to jail or sure. receive the consequences, just like 
Biden should, just like Chalupa should. Yeah. Uh, all of these people, mm-hmm. they if they are lying and they are corrupt, they should get the consequences that they deserve. And I don't care about parties. In fact, we're starting another chalkboard just to keep track because I said we we can't argue this because the the left is arguing an entirely different thing. Yeah. All they're doing is paying attention to Rudy Giuliani. Well, we can't make the same mistake they are. We're investigating what was really going on in Ukraine. Okay, well, they're telling a different story on a different timeline. We have to understand what they're saying happened. Yeah, what's real, what's not. Right, and if, they're, if they are uh, as accurate on the Rudy Giuliani story, as they have been on this story, <laughs> there's no truth to it at all. But I want to find out, is there any truth to this? Yeah. I mean, it's important to know both sides of it. The problem is they're only covering one side of it. Um, and these are in some ways parallel stories. It's right? amazing. I mean, it's just a matter of which one is true and where the actual facts lie. The amazing thing is, is we are finding that the storyline is a self-diagnosis. So everything that they are accusing Rudy Giuliani, I, I, I listened to some I listened to some reports um, last night and this morning on Rudy Giuliani. Here's the here's the basis of their story. And I'm not saying this isn't true. I don't know. OK, but I will. We will find out for you. Um, but uh, the basis of their story. Try this on for size, too. Is it Rudy Giuliani? Uh, made a couple of friends that were paying him a lot of money mm-hmm. to get uh, the the oil and gas money from the United States in uh, in Ukraine. So they really wanted, you know, the investigators, and they said the the um, ambassador to Ukraine, who we th- we believe and we have we have sworn affidavits. Uh, on what she was doing. She's the woman that was blocking the information coming into the United States from these prosecutors who were saying, this is all corrupt. This is all corrupt. She was blocking all that. Now what they're saying is that Rudy Giuliani had to get her fired because she was just telling uh, everybody in Ukraine and everybody down the line that would listen that Rudy Giuliani and the president were corrupt and she was telling everybody in the United States and she was blocking this corruption. And so they had to get rid of her. Mm. So (laughs) everything they say he was doing, we know they were doing now. Maybe it's so corrupt that both sides are like, Hey, it's my turn. (laughs) You know, I hope it's not that, Mm -hmm. but maybe it is, but we have to look at both. We have to look at both. And so far, what I've seen is they just claim everything that they were doing. They're claiming that Trump was doing and trying to get away with it. It it has to stop and you have to know the truth. So join us at five o'clock today. If you haven't subscribed, may I ask, please subscribe. Uh, This is this is a team effort. Um, We are working with some great journalists, uh, John Solomon, Peter Schweitzer, People who have worked on this story for a long time, their job is to gather the facts and do the investigative reporting. We are trying to hire. 
hopefully today, trying to hire somebody who is a really good investigative reporter that will help us tie all of these facts together and go get new facts because no one in the media is doing it. And so this can't be a Google search kind of thing. We have to have boots on the ground that are actually looking into this and let the chips fall where they may. And that is all being funded by you. And we can't thank you enough for subscribing. And if you haven't, please subscribe. Just go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Uh, You'll see tonight uh, what your subscription is paying for. Tonight, via satellite, a guy who was actually there and witnessed it. You decide for yourself if he's credible or not. We'll do it together live tonight, 5 o'clock Eastern, only on Blaze TV. Let's go to Ryan in Idaho. Thank you so much for holding, Ryan. You're on the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, it's great to uh, talk to you and Stu. Uh, Thank you. So uh, appreciative of all that you guys have done and put into this whole Ukraine investigation. But Thank I, you. I think too. you're you're missing you're missing something big. All right, over there. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think that we need to look deeper into the uh, Crimea region there, specifically the Crimea River. I think we'll find a lot of DNC tears there, maybe even some flooding. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Crimea does play a it does play a role. I don't know about the river part, uh, but it does play a role. I mean, that's why all that money was there. That's why all of the the corruption was was happening. That's why Russia is involved in this, and uh, and and we were so uh, staunch on getting in there and helping them to ward off the 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 Russians. Of course, I mean, outside of the uh, the. I don't know if it's a, technically a pun part of that. It is a really important part of the story, Crimea. It is. Um, and uh, and that is going to be something that's going to certainly play into future reporting on this. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, the debate tonight. I don't. I mean, you got to expect some of this to come up, the, the Hunter Biden <laughs> it stuff. It won't. Oh, I think well, the they'll, Hunter they'll Biden definitely stuff ask him about that tonight. And then it's over. They oh, will not be. Uh-huh. They, they will not go after him on The this. question is, does anyone else out of the 12 people, the other 11... Does any of do any of them have the balls to come after uh, Biden at all on this? My guess is no, but there could be a you could see a maybe a I'm trying to think who it would be maybe a Beto, somebody who's down there looking to make a name for themselves that doesn't really care about Biden. So Beto, <laughs> Beto, Beto, does, Beto does not have the problem that nobody knows who he is. Everybody knows who Beto oh, is. Oh, yeah, that's the, that is the problem. Right. <laughs> they just don't like him. Yes. So it's not like, I got to make a name for myself. I got to get noticed. You've been noticed. <laughs> nobody likes you, Beto. <laughs> nobody likes you. Mm-hmm. So tonight we'll uh, watch, and uh, just in case you don't have the time to watch, we'll give you all of the news on it tomorrow because we will unfortunately watch it for you.